Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. With me today, my brother, Obadiah Smith. Hey, glad to be back, Jim. Obadiah, so glad to see you. Yes. Now, you know, you are, I always am impressed when I see you here in the studio. I mean, you are so smart, so savvy. I mean, you've got it all together. And I'm trying to think, when you were growing up, you surely had some models in mind. There was somebody on the stage of life, and you thought, man, I want to be like that. Can you think of someone? The big O, Oscar Robinson. Oscar Robinson. I mean, you were looking at him thinking, I'm going to be that? Because my name was Obadiah, and they called me the big O when I was in elementary school. And there you are. And truth is, you're not really Oscar. No, no, But, you know, it was worth dreaming about. Yes, it it was, Jim. And I think as I ask you that question, the same could be said for me. I had some heroes that I wanted to be like. I mean, everybody does that. Life. But when we talk about who do we want to be, we're not just talking about a vocation or, you know, what we do for a living. Yes. We talk about who we are inside. Yes. And so I can look at some fabulous athletes or people on the stage or screen or in politics or business and think, I want to be like that. But honestly, who are they inside? And we are in Viewpoint this week and in the weeks following, talking about who we want to be. And our proposition is, why don't we try and Jesus be? All right. Why don't we be like Jesus? When I was growing up, Obadiah, I was fascinated by politics and history. I don't know why. Geeky, nerdy guy, that's what I was. I mean, you're looking at sports figures. I'm looking at the President of the United States thinking, boy, okay. who's that guy? I want to be like that. I want to live in the big White House. I mean, you know, there are all kinds of things that interested me. But, you know, when I was a child, presidents were always, like, bigger than life, and they oh. seemed to walk on water. Yes. You know, when I was learning history at Webster Elementary in Seattle, nobody talked about a president's flaws. That's true, Jim. I mean, everybody was sparkling clean, it seemed. You know, you talk about Lincoln, and, boy, his was a life of tragedy, but, boy, as a man, as a character— he was just stellar. Yes. George Washington, the same. Franklin Roosevelt, you name it. But as we have gone on in time, history's been a little less forgiving. And yes. so now we read about, well, Franklin Roosevelt may not have been so faithful to Eleanor as we right. dreamed. And, <laughs> and, you know, presence on the stage of the current day, whether in my day, Nixon, let's say, you know, have some flaws and, and we see all of that naked. And boy, then you think, who can I look up to? Mm-hmm. And same thing with athletes and so on. That's I mean, true. Everybody has a story, and it doesn't matter who you are or how brightly you shine in your chosen career, you've got some flaws. So as we're looking around about who we might be like, and all of us are going to model on something, why not Jesus? Because okay. Jesus is the guy yes. who is without flaw. That's what we believe. And you can scrub him down. You can let history march on for 20 centuries. You can look at this and look at that. You can turn it upside down, inside out. And you will not find any flaw in him. Jesus be. Jesus be. Honestly, does that sound like too much? Maybe I'm pretentious saying I'll be like Jesus. I mean, come on. Who do you think you are? You'd be like (laughs) Jesus? No way. But actually, the scripture tells us, you know what? You can be renewed in your mind like Christ. You can have the mind of Christ. Jesus said, follow me. Well, what was that about? That was be like me, follow me. Walk like me, talk like me, live like me. I mean, at so many levels, the New Testament tells us about Jesus and then says to us, you know what? You need to conform your life to him. Be like him. Now, let's just say up front, none of us are going to be Jesus. We are not ourselves divine. We are created in the image of God. We are not the creator. Jesus is the creator God. And Jesus is perfect, and we have had flaws. And Jesus is Lord of all and King of kings. That's not us. But as a character, as a person, as a way of living and thinking and relating, can we be like him? 
I believe we can. That's the reach, and that's what we're talking about here on Viewpoint. So as we've talked already in earlier programs along these lines, I think uh, we've discovered that if we really want to be like Jesus, if we're going to set our sights on being on the highest and the best, the brightest, Jesus himself, first step, be baptized. Yes. Because Jesus was baptized as he was an adult, as he was walking out into the world stage, as he was defining himself, he was baptized. And all of us, if we really want to be like him, let's start there. And the next thing we see in his life story is that he goes out in the wilderness, he's tempted by the enemy of our souls, and we see the Spirit on him. The Spirit comes on him as he's baptized, and as he walks through life, he says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He is Spirit-filled. He's surrendered into the will and the way of God, and he is possessed by the Spirit. So you want to be like Jesus, be baptized, and be filled by the Spirit. Okay, then what's next? Jesus was light. He was light. Yes. Light and life to all he brings. That's what the famous composer wrote in Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and Jesus is light. And when we come back, we're going to look at some scriptures that talk about that light and see how that can translate into us.
We know as you're listening today to our program that you might have a question or a comment along the way, and we want you to know that we're always glad to hear from you. And you can call us 24 hours a day, seven days a week, toll free. Here's the number, 1-800-757-VIEW. And as you dial that number, there's a member of our Viewpoint team always by the phone, so glad to hear from you. We'll give you the number again at the end of our broadcast, but we just want you to know we're always glad to hear from you and today to talk to you about light. In Matthew chapter 4, which is one of what we might call the biographies of Jesus in the New Testament, we're plainly told that Jesus is light. In fact, Jesus says about himself in another part of the scripture, I am the light of the world. I mean, that's pretty bold. Can we be light? And what does it mean when we say that Jesus is light? So in Matthew chapter 4, Matthew quotes from Isaiah, an ancient prophecy about the coming Messiah who proves to be Jesus, and then talks about how that is translated into his life here in this world, about how the prophecy is fulfilled as he walks around and engages others. So Obadiah, let's, let's just dive into that. I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 4, beginning with verse 15, and then I'll pause and you pick it up. Here we have Jesus, and the stage is being set. He's walking around Galilee. He's going to intersect with some guys whose lives are going to be changed forever because Jesus is light for them. This is what the Bible says. In the land of Zebulun and Naphtali, beside the sea, beyond the Jordan River, in Galilee, where so many Gentiles live, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who lived in the land where death casts its shadows, a light has shined. From then on, Jesus began to preach, Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And right here, we have a prophecy from Isaiah that's describing the Messiah, the chosen one of God, is coming into the world. He's going to a dark place, and the people who are there are going to see light. And as that prophecy has come into view, and Jesus is walking out of the wilderness into this world, we are told he starts preaching, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. He's becoming light. And Obadiah, what happens next? One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called to them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. This, wow. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, it's a dramatic turn in their lives, isn't it? Yes, it They're is. They're walking away from their business and their family in the pursuit of this guy who walks suddenly onto their stage and is like light. The prophecy from Isaiah speaks about Zebulun and Naphtali. These are two ancient tribes of Israel, and as the Hebrews came and took possession of the Promised Land, these two tribes became the northern extremity of the Hebrew land that would become Israel. And because they were on the northern border, they often, over time, over generations, centuries even, they found themselves always kind of in a contest with neighboring people groups who were challenging them and so on. So the names literally reflect a, a region, a territory, but also became representative of people who are, well, in difficulty, of people who live in a tough neighborhood, people who are always in a cauldron of, of contesting powers, and things are never just easy, and it's always kind of a mess up, and boy, could we just take a deep breath and find a word of 
peace, a, a moment of respite. But Zebulun and Naphtali became just kind of representative of people who, well, lived in mm. darkness. And that's what the scripture says. In these lands, literally, which would be called Galilee in the time of Jesus, in these lands, literally, and also figuratively, anyone who lives in a world of disarray, of challenge, of difficulty, into that land, which is dark, the light is going to walk and shine. That's the prophecy. And then we see, as Matthew's telling us the story, that that prophecy actually comes true because he starts talking to these guys by their fishing boats. They live in that place. That is their neighborhood. And it's not always easy. And yet Jesus speaks into their lives and and he changes everything. I mean, what is it to be light in the darkness? I mean, Obadiah, if you are in a dark space, and all of us understand the metaphor because literally we can be in a dark space, and in life we have experiences that seem dark. I mean, what do you experience in a dark room? What's the problem? Uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a place of confusion, not knowing what's before me, and sometimes not even seeing what's around me. And I might even see shadows of something. Yes. And then when the light comes on, I realize what I thought was a chair is actually a lawnmower. Or, yes. I mean, I mean, because, because the half-light or the shadows change the way we perceive. But also, Jim, but even having a view of that light, it gives me an understanding of my present moment, but then I can look far beyond the present and even literally look into the future, too, because of the light. Well, we all know there are lights, like headlights, that can illuminate a road. And ahead of the car, without the headlight, it's just a black vacuum of a space. But when you turn the headlights on, you not only see what's right in front of you, you see down the road because it can help you see beyond what you are ordinarily able to see. In all of these word pictures, we have Jesus. The scripture tells us he's light. If I want to be like Jesus, well, then I've got to be like that. And what did Jesus do? Those guys by the fishing boat that were described, what do you think they're thinking about? Now, I, as a pastor, I, I took a survey once. It was kind yes. of crazy, but uh, we were doing a survey of male sexuality in the church. We were trying to determine what people in the church actually experienced in their sexual journey different from what you might read in a magazine. And so we had hundreds of men take the survey. And one of the questions was, how often in a day do you think you consider sex. When are you thinking about sex? I mean, it's a kind of question people don't normally ask, but it was real interesting. So many of the guys responded, boy, you know, 10 times a day or yes. two times a day, because that's just part of life. Someone else might be thinking about sports or food. Are you thinking about what you're going to eat for dinner tonight? Or are you thinking about your kids or whatever? What were these guys thinking about when Jesus came up on them? What were they doing? They were fishing. What are they thinking about? Fishing. Fish. <laughs> I mean, you know, this is our job. Right now, we don't have time to think about food or what I'm going to do when I get home, or I'm not thinking about sex. I'm thinking about fish. I've got to get these fish in, or I'm not going to have food to eat. Their livelihood. It's their livelihood. And what Jesus does is he walks into their life. He doesn't give them a left turn or start talking about stuff that they're not even thinking about. He starts where they are. He becomes light to them by talking about fishing. You know, you guys are fishing here. I'll tell you what. I could make you fish for people. Wow. He builds a bridge from where they are living, and suddenly a a light's coming on, isn't it? Maybe my life is more than just fishing for fish in the Sea of Galilee. Maybe I actually could be a person of influence. Maybe I could engage other people. Maybe I could capture them, as it were, with truth that they have never heard of before. Maybe they could come into the net of the kingdom. I mean, what Jesus is doing, he's like a flashlight. He's like a light bulb. He's like, think about this. He created a relationship with them based on where they are and who they are to where Jesus was relational and he made a connection to them. If I want to be like Jesus and be light, 
I first have to start by meeting people where they are. I can't, I can't start by where I want them to be. I can't start talking to them about things of which they have no interest or understanding. I have to start where they are. Same thing works for me. Yes. The people who rely on my life understand who I am and where I am, and then they call something new out of me. Perspective is everything. <laughs> you know what? Uh, Obadiah was yes. at a pastor's meeting in Atlanta, and there was a guy. He has a, a big ministry, a big church, and we were into it, and we walked into the building, the church building. Yes. And, I mean, there was, I don't know, thousands of seats. And he was just describing about how they're not always filled up. And I'm thinking, what do you mean they're not always filled up? <laughs> how many people actually come in here? And he said, well, well, I can have extra hundreds of seats or whatever. And my first reaction is, uh-oh, this isn't going anywhere. What do you got all those empty seats <laughs> yes. in here? I mean, this is a dead-end ministry. But you know what he said? He said, I never want to be in a room where every seat's taken. Why? Because every empty seat motivates me to think this is an opportunity to go fish for more people. Opportunity, All right, yes. so he's looking at the same room I'm looking at. Yes, Jim. I see, whoa, this isn't going anywhere. He sees, whoa, what an opportunity. That's light. To reframe, to recast a vision for something. Can I be like that for someone else? That's the question. That's the challenge.
Jesus be? I want to be like Jesus. I want to be baptized. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want to be light. I don't want to be darkness. I don't want to walk into a room and make things darker. I don't want shadows to circle around me. I don't want my signature to be people see things less clearly because I entered the conversation. I want to be the guy who turns the light on. Okay. That helps people see. But you know what? I don't know. Oh, but I've had this experience. But sometimes I have rooms in my house where I go in and I just as soon leave the light off. <laughs> yes, Jim, <laughs> you know I understand. I don't want to see that closet. <laughs> yes, right. I don't want to see that room. And oh, here's the worst. I don't want to see my garage. <laughs> just leave that a dark place. Because if I turn the light on, it's a mess. Yes, it is. And when I see it as a mess, I think, oh, brother, what can I do about that? And sometimes we think we're being light by helping people see the mess up in their garage. But that doesn't really help them if you don't provide a way forward. Never turn on a light and expose a problem and then just walk away. If you want to be light like Jesus, you turn on the light and you might see that there's a mess and then you give whoever owns the garage hope. Yes. You know what? Have you ever thought about this garage the way it could be? And then you help paint a picture for them. This could be neat. You could get actually two cars in this garage, not just one. You could actually make this garage functional. How about if we stack these things over on this side? What if we called a truck and hauled away some of that? But you problem solve. Some people imagine they're being the light of Jesus by just calling out other people's mess-ups. Yes, because sometimes, Jim, there may be a mess-up, but it may be by what others have done in the garage. And it might be a mess of their own making or someone else's mess, but just because you turned the light on doesn't mean you're light because you exposed it. Yes. Help problem solve. That's light. Yes, it is, Jim. So Jesus went to Zebulun and Naphtali, and he helped those disciples not just know that they could be more than they are, but he helped them get there. He was light, not just exposing the opportunity, but also a way forward. Man, I want to be like that. I want people to think when Jim comes into the space, it gets brighter. Is that too much to hope for? Well, it is too much for any of us to be by ourselves because in our native being, we will never shine bright. We're too broken and messed up ourselves. But boy, if you are possessed by the Holy Spirit, if you are following Jesus, if you are really reaching to be like him, if you are surrendered to him, he can supernaturally give you wisdom and insight and grace and light that changes the way people live. I want to be like that. How about you? You can take a step that way with us right now. Yes, you can. Just see your hand on a light switch. You're just getting ready to turn it on. And that's going to be a light switch of prayer. Pray with us and see. Our Father, we're so thankful today that you know us by name. And that no matter where we are in the Zebulun or Naphtali of life, no matter what our neighborhood, no matter how tough the moment or how difficult the cauldron of our circumstance, you see us and you see what we're doing and you're willing to meet us where we are and start talking to us about more, about more life, about more opportunity, about more joy, about more influence for the good. Lord, we thank you for your light and for Jesus, who is the light of the world, that exposes our sin and need for him, but also exposes the problem solved in the cross and his redemptive power. We thank you, Lord, that you never just leave us with a light on in a mess, but you're always finding a way to help us if we're willing to be cleaned up and, and to go forward. Lord, thank you for being that in our lives, and we commit now to following Jesus in a way that we can also be light. May it be said of us that not only do we follow Jesus, who is the light of the world, but that we have his light shining in us too. And we ask this in Jesus' name for his glory alone. 
Amen. Amen. Here's that number again, 24 hours a day and seven days a week, toll free. 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. We're right by the phone. So glad to hear from you. And Obadiah, if someone wanted to not call us but instead go online, where would they go? cbhviewpoint.org. That's right. That's our web address. And there you can read about the ministry. You can also send us an email. We will reply. And also, we'd like to send you a copy of a book that... Well, it's just hot off the press. It's called Jesus B. And it's just a little tiny book that might help you find your way becoming more like Jesus. At the last, if you prefer, write me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana 46018, USA. But whether you call, go online, or send us a note by post, let us hear from you. Obadiah, you know what? I want a Jesus B, but there's a part of me that says, I want to grow up and be like you too. Same here, Jim. Oscar Robinson? Yeah, Oscar Robinson. I'm there. (laughs) Yes. Thanks for being with us, Obadiah. And thank you for joining us today. We hope you'll be with us again next week as we talk about one more chapter in this series about how we can be like Jesus, Jesus be. For all of us at the Viewpoint team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.